This is the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames. Brought to you by Special Needs Family Resources, LLC. For the next hour, we'll be discussing the particular challenges and real-life solutions for families with special needs. If you found us, please know that you are not alone. To find out more, go to SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. Now, it's your host, Julie Ames, on AM860, The Answer. Thanks for listening today to the Special Needs Family Hour. I am Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. Our show is dedicated to helping those parents and caregivers who are caring for special people. When a family has a special needs child, it is usually a surprise. It's not something that the family expected. A special needs child is financially draining, emotionally taxing, and very time-intensive. And the last two affect the parent's ability to hold a job and to provide for that child. This show today is going to be discussing financial planning for your child. And when you're confronted with a special needs child, you start to wonder, well, what makes for a happy life for that child? And what I've concluded is a child needs a safe place to live, fun friends and family, a purpose in life, which is meaningful work, and a spiritual component. And that could be as simple as what makes them happy. It could be music. It could be whatever that is. But an important component Two of those four things is the financial aspect. And when a family realizes they have a special needs child, um, usually they stop having children immediately um, because it's so overwhelming, especially the financial aspect of it. Today we have an amazing show. We are going to discuss financial planning from a special needs perspective. Our guest is Rick Elman. He is the founder and executive chairman of Elman Financial Services. He has been ranked the number one financial advisor three times by Barron's. He has written eight books on personal finance and is a New York Times number one bestseller. His firm manages $18 billion for 30,000 families to include our family. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with an awesome show. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. This is Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. Our guest today is Rick Elman, founder and executive chairman of Elman Financial Services. He has been ranked the number one financial advisor three times by Barron's. Hi, Rick. Could you could you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you and your wife, Jean, started Elman Financial Services? Sure, Julie. Uh, happy to be with you today. Yes. Uh, my wife, Jean, and I were uh, young, newly married, uh, and we wanted to buy a house. Uh, we wanted to start you know, planning for our future as a young couple. Yes. And we went uh, to a financial planner, and he ended up giving us illegal advice. Fraudul- he told us to lie on our mortgage application. Oh, my. Uh, and we were very angry, uh, uh, and it made us realize that there are a lot of folks in the financial industry who are not what we would want them to be. Uh, you know, Back in the 1980s, the only resource for financial information were typically the stockbrokers and insurance agents who were trying to sell you something. Yes. And so we said, you know what, we're going to learn how to do this on our own, and then we're going to share what we've learned with others so we can help them 
achieve their goals too. And that was really the impetus. Uh, I had been writing in the financial trade press, and so I was uh, constantly in, in contact with uh, people in the financial services industry, and I was getting an inside look as to how the, the business of financial advice really operated, and it was very discouraging. And so we decided to do it ourselves and to do it in a manner that uh, would be in the best interests of, uh, of consumers. And that was 30 plus years ago. Uh, wow. And today, our firm, Edelman Financial Services, is uh, one of the largest uh, independent financial planning and investment management firms in the country. And uh, I was named, as you mentioned, three times the number one independent advisor in the nation by Barron's. So uh, we're, we're just thrilled and honored to be able to serve so many folks across the country to help them achieve their goals for their families. Well, I'm so glad you could be on our show because, um, like all families, families with special needs individuals face a lot of the same challenges, but at the same time, the challenges that we face cost a great deal of money. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, I, I've been listening to your radio show since, I think, the 80s. I started listening to you in Virginia, and then my husband and I, 20 years ago, when we had our first daughter, Maria, we went to listen to your 529 seminar on that's a, the money-saving program for college, prepaid money-saving program. Of course, we didn't realize she was special needs at the time. And then after we moved to Florida, I got, I'm a nonfiction person, except at Christmas I will read some fiction. But I, I got your audio book from the library, The Truth About Money, and I was so impressed. I passed it on to my husband, and he was impressed. And we were impressed um, that you were able to provide institutional funds, and it was a that was a big selling point as well as your intellect because we've over the years we've have seen a lot of financial planners and I I always like to say if you put all the financial planners in the room Rick Elman would be the smartest one there. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, it's it's one of the keys that we've learned is that. There are a lot of very smart people in the financial field, a lot of talented financial planners. Yes. But most people on, in Wall Street tend to talk among themselves. You know, it's like in any industry. You talk shop with your colleagues. Right. And they're not very good at talking in plain English to ordinary, everyday people. Yes. And because my background's in journalism and communications, I have the ability to talk in plain language, plain English, providing common sense advice that is easy to understand, easy to implement. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons that uh, I've been uh, popular and, and why my books uh, have, uh, we now have over a million copies of my books in print yes. uh, in several languages around the world. And uh, and why I'm a number one New York Times bestselling author. And so uh, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed uh, the audiobook version of The Truth About Money. Yes, yes. And then, of course, we have the hard copy. <laughs> but um, And we have a lot of your other books besides that. And your re your recent book, Rescue Your Money, um, not only did we read that, we both read it, but I also gave it as gifts to some, several dear friends of ours. Excellent. So, yes, it was just a great book that summed up everything. Um, well, why don't we do this? Why don't you talk about in, – in, our goal here is to talk about a safe and comfortable retirement, and that includes providing for your family and your wish wishes being fulfilled. Um, why don't we talk about investing at this time or wherever you want to go from here? Sure. You know, it, it's a really very difficult situation for families who have uh, a special needs uh, member uh, in them. And, you know, there are a lot of folks, uh, we all know the national statistics that, that about a third of all Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, right. that the average income in the United States is about $38,000 a year. That's the average household income uh, and not terribly above the poverty line, which is in the, uh, around $25,000. Uh, 
And uh, we know that a lot of folks are struggling. And, and in many cases, we find that there are a lot of folks who are struggling uh, and facing bankruptcy or having been in bankruptcy. And I have a pretty hard line attitude about it. And my attitude is that most folks uh, who are uh, struggling financially really don't have much of an excuse because it's really a question of working hard, getting the education you need to develop the skills you need, and then applying that. Right. Uh, but there's one major huge exception to that, yes. and that's health. Because no matter who we are, where we come from, our upbringing, our economic status, our marital status, health discriminates uh, against no one. Yes. And we are all equally susceptible to adverse health conditions. And and we find that families of all sorts find themselves with a special needs child in the family. One in nine Americans, in fact, uh, one in nine American families have a special needs child. So mm -hmm. it is extraordinarily common. And as everybody who has a special needs child knows, it's extraordinarily expensive, uh, not only to provide the care for that child, but the lost income because of parents who would otherwise be working in their careers or getting promoted and advancing have to take time off, have to shift careers, have to make sacrifices financially to be able to provide the care and services for that child. Yes. Uh, not to mention the issues regarding the other children in the family who they themselves uh, have to uh, contribute to the welfare of the special needs child, often in the form of neglect by the parents who are focusing on the health issues of that other sibling. It's a very difficult scenario. We have a lot of clients in our practice who uh, have a special needs child, and we, we've provided lots of advice and services over the years to those kinds of folks, and we know it all too well. And I've spoken a lot around the country to organizations uh, involved in providing care for a special needs individual. And so with all of that said, right. um, I mentioned all of that as a prelude because the we all know the importance of saving for our future, and we know that it's vitally important that we own investments and that we make investments for our future and for our future retirement. But very often, families which are of limited incomes find themselves having to focus on the here and now. They don't have the luxury of saving for retirement in 30 years because of the urgent issues that they're facing today. Uh, and that forces them to put aside future financial planning because of the urgency of the moment. And my message is, I get it. I understand that. However, there's no choice but to divert some resources to the future because one day the future will be here. And if you're struggling with today's expenses, if you're struggling with the issues of care for that special needs member of your family today, what's going to happen in the future if you're not around to be able to provide those services? Because you're the only one in the world crazy enough to do it for free. Right. Um, no one else will provide that care at no cost. So the money is going to be necessary. And if you're assuming that their siblings will provide the care, well, you're now creating a massive burden on their lives. Yes. Uh, and I'm not sure that you want to do that. I'm not sure they want you to do that. Uh, and so we need to figure out a financial solution so that in the event you are unable to provide the services and resources you currently provide, and that day is inevitable, right, just simply due right. to aging, um, and your own health issues. We all know that caregivers themselves suffer health issues because of the stress of providing care. What are we going to do? How are we going to solve this problem? And that's the investment management perspective we provide to our clients is figuring out how to make sure not only are we going to be able to provide sustained support for the special needs member of the family forever right. as needed, but also you. How do we make sure your retirement is not in jeopardy in your desperate efforts to provide care for the special needs family member? Uh, 
Uh, and that's the investment management approach that we provide. Uh, and it has to do with a combination of savings and investing. It has to do with retirement uh, plans like IRAs and workplace retirement plans like a 401k or a 403b or the thrift savings plan for federal workers uh, and life insurance um, because that is an incredibly effective way for you to make sure that there's money available for the special needs child and their caregivers, meaning that in many cases their siblings, at an extraordinarily low cost, very easily done. And so the concept of investment management, retirement planning, special needs planning, right. and estate planning is all the proper approach we, we need to take for families in this situation. Yes. Well, I know for us, it was terrifying to realize that we had two special needs children, and we didn't realize that, of course, until they were older, seven and five. But um, that was a terrifying experience, and the idea that we're already saving for our retirement, but how do you even begin to save for a lifetime for two other children who may not be able to provide it all for themselves. So, it's a, it's a daunting situation. It really is, and that is why the earlier you plan, the better off you're going to be. Yes. Um, very often, people take the attitude of procrastination. I'll worry about that later. I've got plenty of time. I'm only in my 20s or 30s or 40s, and I'll worry about it in my 60s. After I get through today's crises and so on, I'll worry about that later. The problem is later never comes uh, because there's always a reason to put it off to the future. And and not only does it never come, in fact, the longer you wait, the harder it gets. Uh, the sooner you invest the greater the wealth you'll create and the easier it is to create wealth. And I'll give you one, one little quick statistic. Okay. Uh, if you wanted to accumulate a million dollars, I mean, if that's all you wanted to do was come up with a million bucks, yes. by age 65, all you'd have to do is save, if you're 20 years old, is to save $3 a day. That's huh. it. $3. And I don't know any 20-year-old who can't come up with 3 bucks a day. Um, Right. So it's really, really easy to come up with a million dollars if you start at age 20. But if you wait until instead you're age 50, if you do that instead, then instead of $3 a day, it's $80 a day. Wow. That's hard. I mean, I don't know how easy it would be to people to come up with thousands of dollars a month right. at age 50, and that's the challenge. So the sooner you start, the easier it gets. And that's why we encourage folks to... Meet now with a financial planner, someone who is experienced and skilled in dealing with special needs issues uh, like we have available in our firm so that we can provide you the benefit of our experience and guidance because although this is the first time you've ever done this, it's not the first time we've ever done it. Correct. Correct. Well, why don't we take a break? I'm here with Rick Elman, founder and executive chairman of Elman Financial Services. He's written eight books on personal finance and is a New York Times number one bestseller. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM 860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. That's SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. This is Julie Ames, and I'm here with Rick Elman of Elman Financial Services. He has written eight books on personal finance and is a New York Times number one bestseller. His firm manages $18 billion for 
30,000 families to include our family. And we have been talking about personal finance and planning for your special needs family and your personal retirement and comfort and security. So, Rick, we have something new, the ABLE account that just came available here in Florida this past summer. Would you like to talk to our listeners a little bit about the ABLE account? Yeah, Congress has uh, figured out that it is a challenge for families with a special needs child to save for the future. And so they created in 2014 a new law called the Achieving a Better Life Experience Law, or ABLE for short. And it has uh, features that are kind of like a Roth IRA and kind of like a 529 college savings plan, kind of taking the best of both of those and combining them into one new vehicle. Uh, This is available to anybody who has a disability that they developed prior to age 26. Now, you don't have to be under age 26. You can be any age um, that you are, provided that your disability surfaced prior to age 26. And if that's you, or if you have a member of your family who that fits the description of, they can establish an ABLE account, or you can establish an account for them. So if they're two months old, fine. If they're 30 years old, fine. Doesn't make any difference. You can contribute as much as $14,000 a year. You don't have to. You can do a lot less than that, but that's the maximum. And there's no tax deduction when you put that money in. But when you withdraw the money in the future, as long as you're using the money for qualified expenses to support that uh, disabled child, uh, or by that by that time, that child is most likely an adult, um, as long as the money is used for qualifying expenses, the withdrawals are completely tax-free. So it's kind of like a Roth IRA, where the money grows tax-free, and you get to use the money without having to incur any liability. Right. And qualified expenses, it's really broad. It's pretty much anything. Education, housing, transportation, job training, uh, quality of life. I mean, that's a pretty broad phrase. So it's a pretty good a done deal that this is the best way to save for if you're trying to come up with money in the future for the uh, special needs member of your family to enjoy. Right. Uh, you open the account in the state where you live. This is kind of like a college savings account, uh, a 529 plan where they're managed by the states. Right. So uh, in Florida, you just go to uh, the Florida website for the ABLE account. Just Google it, uh, Florida ABLE, uh, and you can open an account. You can also open an ABLE account in any state. So you don't, if your state, if you don't happen to live in Florida, if you have, or if, or if the special needs child lives somewhere else, right. uh, they can open an account in any state. You don't have to live in the state where you open the account. So it's pretty flexible, pretty fluid. Uh, and uh, we think it's, it's uh, a very good approach um, uh, for people to use. In other words, just as we have a 529 plan for people who are saving for college, we now have an ABLE account for people who are saving for a special needs child. Yes. Uh, and it's a, a really good idea. Yeah. Now, the 14000 that is individually. Can more than one person contribute $14,000 to an ABLE account? So let's say a parent or a grandparent or whomever contribute to that account? Yes and no. Okay. You can uh, Anybody can contribute to the account. But okay. you can only have one account per child, and the 14000 is the total maximum by all sources. Um, so if the grandparent wants to contribute money, they have to coordinate with the parents to make sure that we're not exceeding the $14,000 limit in total. 
Okay. Okay. Now, are there some downsides to the ABLE account? Well, yeah. Uh, Like any other investment strategy, the downsides are kind of similar to the downsides of a 529 plan. For example, because these are plans created by the states, there are limits as to the investment flexibility. The states are generally uh, hiring mutual fund companies to operate these plans on their behalf. So there are limits from an investment management perspective. Uh, And sometimes the investment choices are um, not as great as we would like to see them. Sometimes Sometimes the investments are more expensive than we would prefer. Uh, you are also limited to being able to make changes only twice a year, so you can't make changes as often as you might like. Uh, and if you don't use the money for qualified purposes, I think that's unlikely, but if that were right. to be the case, withdrawals would be subject to taxes plus a 10% penalty. Uh, so there are limitations and restrictions that you need to be aware of. So uh, we recommend instead of doing this on your own, you should do this through a financial planner who is more familiar with um, the nuances than you may be. Right. Well, here's what's so amazing to me is let's say that an uh, individual with special needs is on SSI, Social Security um, Income. The max that they can receive is $733, and a huge chunk of that will go to pay for housing. So every little bit will help that individual to achieve a happy life because finances are a part of that. Right. And the good news is that the creation of the ABLE account, the use of money from an ABLE account, will not affect SSI or Medicaid or any other public benefit program. Great, great. Well, are there other investment strategies that you would suggest for special needs families? Well, that, of course, is the focus on putting money into an account for the child directly. The the challenge is that aside from an ABLE account, you generally don't want to save money in the child's name because if you do, that will adversely affect their eligibility for SSI or other social service programs, uh, which is why we recommend generally that they talk with an attorney to establish a special needs trust. Yes. Uh, Because a special needs trust is a specific uh, device designed to solve this problem. In other words, you don't give money to the child, you give money to the child's trust. And you name a trustee of the trust, it can be yourself or some other member of the family, uh, typically it's, it's you or a sibling, you can name a professional uh, law firm or, or other uh, legal entity to, to manage the account for you, a bank or whatever if you wish. And the, the, tr- the, the trustee of the trust, who you designate, will arrange for distributions and ensure that the distributions don't interfere with the child's qualification for aid. Uh, so this is the uh, more appropriate way to go uh, when you're trying to put money earmarked for the benefit of the child. You don't have to do that. Many families take the attitude that we're just going to leave the money in our name. When we die, we'll pass the money to the other siblings. And everybody has an understanding that money will be used to provide uh, benefit for the special needs individual. The, the advantage of the trust is that you are legally earmarking it. You don't have to worry that the money might get squandered by somebody else for other purposes. Uh, you don't have to rely on the goodwill of a given family member who, you know, who knows what's going to happen. I mean, we, we know yes. for sure that, you know, the siblings all love each other and, and you can be confident that, um, 
that the special needs child's brothers and sisters will care for them. But, you know, life happens. You know, the, those siblings are going to have their own issues growing up in life. They may have bad marriages or uh, job problems or uh, their own health issues. They may There may be drug or alcohol uh, abuse problems in their own lives, which right. could encourage them to siphon money away from the special needs child. If the money's in the special needs trust, that's far less likely to happen. Right, right. Well, we have, for our listeners, just so they know, we do have a podcast available, and you can find it on my website dated April 10th, 2016, where our sponsor, Hemnus Law Firm, Emma is attorney, and she discusses all these issues in the trust. So I just wanted to let our listeners that is available. That's terrific, and it's really good that you've got that resource for folks uh, because it is a very specialized area of the law. The, the typical uh, attorney does not have the skills and experience in dealing with this, so I'm really glad that you have that uh, resource and reference available for your audience. Yes, it makes a big difference. I know some people will try guardianship by themselves, but having already done my special needs tr- trust, I can't imagine even attempting that. <laughs> Uh, it's fraught with problems and risks and legal liabilities uh, and expenses of reporting to the court and uh, and so on. So, yeah, guardianship is, is a strategy of last resort. Okay. Well, let's take a break. I'm here with Rick Elman, founder and executive chairman of Elman Financial Services. He's written eight books on personal finance and is a New York Times number one bestsellers. Join us on the other side. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. This is Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. I am here with Rick Elman, founder and executive chairman of Elman Financial Services. He has been ranked the number one financial advisor three times by Barron's. He has written eight books on personal finance and is a New York Times number one bestseller. His firm manages $18 billion for 30,000 families to include our own. And, Rick, I read your book, um, Before the Holidays, Rescue Your Money, and I I gave it as a gift to friends, and I specifically referenced your chapter, The Two Truths That Prevent You From Investing Successfully. On page 68, um, Stock number one was stock prices rise and fall. Number two, the stock market is risky, volatile, and unpredictable. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Julie. Most people on hearing those two statements would agree with them. Most people would agree that stock prices rise and fall. Uh, I mean, how can you not agree with that? Everybody knows how volatile and speculative the market is. And that, in fact, is the second truth. The stock market is risky, volatile, and unpredictable. Most people would agree with that statement, too. What's fascinating, and as my book, Rescue Your Money, explains, both of those statements are false. Neither one is true. And people are shocked to hear that. Yes, uh, And my book explains why uh, it's not true, and I'll, I'll explain it for you right here. And I'll mention that, that the book Rescue Your Money is the kind of a book, it's a really fast read, you can do it in a single sitting, um, yes. uh, and that makes it an awful lot of fun because most personal finance books are really big, fat journals that are you know boring to read, but 
this is really fun and interesting and, and a fast read. Yes, agreed. So let me, let me share with you the notion of stock prices rising and falling. If that's all that the stock market ever did, nobody would ever invest in stocks or stock mutual funds. I mean, if it's not a yo-yo. It's not up one, down one, up one, down one. That's not how stock prices work. Instead, stock prices operate up three, down one, up five, down two, up seven, down four. And right. because of that, long-term profits can be obtained. I have a nifty chart in the book that demonstrates this. I took a look at the stock market since 1949, and we've all seen this chart. We see that it, you know, it, it's got little jags up and down, but it has an upward bent over time, that the stock market has risen over the decades. What I did in the chart, though, is something most folks have never seen. I broke out the chart into two different pieces, one piece where prices are rising and another piece where prices are falling. Yes. And what you see is astonishing. When prices are rising, they rise a huge amount for a really long time. And when they fall, they only fall a little bit for a short period. Yes. We all know that the stock market is a business cycle uh, and that we have a period of growth called a bull market, followed by a period of recession called a bear market. And we all know that after prices go up, what happens next? They go down. Correct. What happens next? They go back up, and then they go down. Then they go up, then they go down. But the point is, they go up a huge amount for a long time. When they go down, they only go down a little bit for a short period. And that's what gives us the confidence that we can invest over long periods. The periods when they rise dwarf the periods when they fall. And that's why it's important to understand that stock prices don't merely rise and fall. They rise a lot, but they only fall a little. That's the first truth. Yes. The second truth, that the stock market is risky and volatile and unpredictable, that's only true if you look at the stock market on a day-by-day -day basis. And that's what the media has tricked us into doing. Yes. Because whenever you turn on the evening news, they tell you what the stock market did today. And the only thing you know for sure is that whatever they're going to say is different from what they said yesterday. And it's different from what they're going to say tomorrow. And that's what convinces most people into thinking that stock prices are volatile and unpredictable. But that's only if we're looking at the market on a daily basis. And I have another nifty chart in the book that shows the monthly performance since 1926 of the S&P 500. Yes. And if you look at this chart, I mean, basically, it looks like an EKG readout. Yes, it does. And it's scary to look at it. I mean, it is very unpredictable. It's very volatile and clearly risky. And that reinforces the attitude most people have about the market. But here's the interesting question. When you invest, are you planning to invest for just 30 days? Right. I don't think most people are doing that. Most people, when they invest, they're doing it for their retirement which is in 20 or 30 years, or they're doing it for their kid's college, which is in five or 10 years, not for 30 days. So I have another chart in the book that looks at the performance of the market over not 30 days, but 15 years. And now what you begin to discover is that the volatility goes away. The uh, unpredictability goes away. The returns from investing over a 15-year period suddenly become remarkably constant. In fact, in a 15-year period, the stock market has never lost money since 1926. Any 15-year interval you select, the stock market has always made money. And therefore, we can take away the notion that the market is unpredictable. Sure, I don't know what the weather is going to be like tomorrow, but I can tell you it will be warmer in June 
Right. That, there's no unpredictability about that, and that's the point. So if we're investing, we need to have a long-term focus, not today or this week or this month or even this year, but the next decade, the next two decades. Investing is about the long-term. The longer the term, the less risky, the less volatile, the less unpredictable it really is. And that gives us the ability to have confidence in our willingness to invest. Yes. Well, I also liked your graphs where you showed um, – I, it was a graph about the 10-year period of where you would have made 7% versus 2.2% if you mm-hmm. missed the best markets. You know, it's really interesting um, when you talk about that because most folks are you know, they'll say, okay, great, I get it. I need to invest for the long term. But then the question becomes, where? Should I invest in stocks or bonds right. or real estate or gold or foreign securities? Uh, or oil and gas. Where should I invest? And so I have uh, this other chart that you're mentioning that shows the difference of investing everywhere versus investing just in the very uh, best investments. And what it clearly shows is that if we look at the 16 major asset classes that exist in, in the financial markets, there are 16. There's stocks, bonds, government securities, foreign right. securities, oil and gas, gold, precious metals. The list goes on and on and on. You've got to choose as an investor which ones you want to invest in. Our attitude is nobody knows which of those 16 are going to do best next. Past performance doesn't tell us, and no pundit or predictor is going to get it right. So our attitude is you should invest in all of them all the time. Because if you don't, what the chart shows you is that if you had earned, if you had owned all 16 asset classes over the last 10 years, you would have earned 7% per year. That's a really good return. That's doubling your money every 10 years. Right. That's, that's a great return, 7% a year. But if you missed the best three each year, just three out of 16, instead of earning 7%, you would have only earned two. Right. And that's why it's so important to invest everywhere. Don't try to make a bet as to what's going to happen next because nobody knows. And instead of doing something risky, like having to be right, you can convert your investing into a low-risk strategy by not worrying about being right if you own everything. In other words, if you're going to a horse race, bet on every horse in the race. That way you don't have to worry about who wins. Yes, and I don't think a lot of people realize that one of the assets class is a money market. Yeah, that's fascinating, Julie. Uh, you know, people often talk about with me, they say, Rick, should I, is now the time to get in the market or get out of the market? Should I be in or out? And people have this um, on-off switch. You know, I'm, right. I'm either in stocks or out of stocks, and, and they think that they're either in the market or out of the market. That's a fallacy. That's a complete myth. There's no such thing as being out of the market. You can choose to be out of a market, but if you're out of one market, it just means you're in another. I mean, we've all heard of the stock market and the right. real estate market and the bond market. Well, when you go to cash, you're in the money market. That's why they call it a money market fund that you own in your uh, brokerage account. A m- money market is cash, and that's an investment category. That's an asset class. So you can choose which market to be in, but you can't get out of all the markets because you- you're going to have your money somewhere. Putting your money in your pocket or under the mattress, that's an asset class. So we believe cash counts. Uh, right. When we list those 16 asset classes, cash is one of them. Okay. Well, the other chart that I really liked, too, was the best 15 days between 2011 to 2015, over a five-year period. I love that chart because it explains timing doesn't work. No, it really, really doesn't. Um, if you, uh, It's really funny 
most people think that Wall Street is this. Uh, and, you know, we've all seen pictures of the New York Stock Exchange with all these guys in these funny colored jackets running around the floor of the exchange and all the pandemonium. And whenever the market crashes or, or hits a new record, the TV cameras descend on them. And everybody thinks that's the way it is all day long, every single day. And it's not true. Most often, the stock market is a pretty boring place to work. I mean, think about it. How often do you hear about what's going on on the New York Stock Exchange? It's usually not front page news. Right. But every so often, once in a blue moon, it makes headlines. It's the same thing with the airline industry. How often do you hear about an airplane crash? Not very often, but that's the only time it's news. You know, you don't hear about the liquor stores that weren't robbed yesterday. <laughs> uh, so it's, what we find is that if you take a look at the past five years, yes. the stock market was open for business. 1,258 days, and it earned an average of 10% a year. So if you were invested the entire five years, you would have earned 10% a year, which is fabulous. But if you missed the 15 days out of the last five years, when the stock market made the most money, just the top 15 days, your return would not have been 10% a year. It would have been zero. Hmm. That's shocking to people. The entire profit of the past five years occurred in 15 days. No one is able to predict which days those are out of the 1,258. That's why we have to stay invested the whole time. The only way to be sure that we're going to capture the profits is to be there all the time. If we try to pick and choose when we're in and when we're out, we're going to miss it. And that's an important lesson for people to understand when it comes to your investment strategy. You need to invest, you need to invest everywhere, and you need to stay invested no matter what. Yes. Well, let's continue on the other side. I'm here with Rick Elman, founder and executive chairman of Elman Financial Services. He's one of the top financial planners in the country. His firm manages $18 billion for 30,000 families. Uh, Join us on the side. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM 860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. That's SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. This is Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. I am here with Rick Elman, founder and executive chairman of Elman Financial Services. He has been ranked the number one financial advisor three times by Barron's. He's written eight books on personal finance and is a New York Times number one bestseller. His firm currently manages $18 billion for 30,000 families. And we have been discussing his book, Rescue Your Money. Um, one of the things I liked in your book is there are so many times I hear people on the radio, on the TV, and they talk about all the things that might happen. Well, in Chapter 5, you listed all the things that might happen. The stocks might crash. Bonds can fail. Real estate may collapse. Gold and oil prices can plummet. Banks can fail. Money market funds can break and buck. Interest rates each can reach zero. And you go through the whole list of what is an investor to do, and your answer is simple, do everything. And I can't tell you, there's so many times I hear, you know, invest in gold and get out of the start market and all that. And in one of your newsletters, I thought it was so funny because you said about the gold, you said – uh, gold, if we, if everything's collapses, we're going to be a barter society. You're better to have gun. You're better to have bullets and liquor to barter with. 
And you know what's funny about that statement is I've actually said it to to a few people, and they look at me and they ponder it, but they never disagree. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Uh, there are always folks out there that are promising doom and gloom, uh, that the stock market's about to collapse, the currency will become worthless, that the U.S. economy will be destroyed. Uh, now we have a new president coming into office, and that's just ratcheting up all of the diatribes on both sides of the political aisle. And there are always folks out there with all these wacky, ridiculous predictions. And the but they never come true because they're always crazy. And you have to remember that the folks that are offering these doom and gloom predictions are people who are usually trying to get you to buy something. They want yes. you to subscribe to their newsletter, buy their software, invest in whatever product they happen to be marketing, whether it's an annuity or gold or uh, Lord knows what. And so our attitude is I don't care what goes on in the financial marketplace. Everything is temporary. Whatever's good will one day be bad. Whatever's bad will one day be good. And in the long run, none of it matters because you still need to save for your own retirement. You still need to save for the special needs child in your family. And so we have to parse through all that noise to get to the information that is of genuinely of value. And one of the wackiest notions we hear people talking about very often is that if you think the world's coming to an end, you should buy gold. Well, that is absurd. Gold serves no useful purpose. Uh, You you take an ounce of gold, put it on the coffee table, tomorrow morning it's still going to be sitting there. It's not going to produce any little baby golds. You're not going to see tiny little gold coins surrounding the the, the ounce of gold. Uh, It only has value if somebody's willing to pay you more for it than you paid for it. And let's face it, if the economy does collapse and you're struggling to buy food and gasoline, um, nobody's going to care about your gold. Uh, the, the, The uh, no one's going to want currency either. What they're going to want are bullets and, and whiskey. Right. Uh, you know, just like uh, GIs back in World War II walked around with uh, with stockings and chocolate bars and cigarettes. Um, we need to recognize what life could really be like. And, and those scenarios are so far-fetched. It isn't something I would lie awake at night worrying about. Yes. So our attitude is to let's get reasonable, let's get real, let's just turn off the TV and get rid of the noise that's a distraction from our long-term goals and uh, be proper and mature and responsible in terms of our protecting our family. Yes. Well, I, I came up with a list uh, about a guideline of about eight things that I think special needs family need, need to do as far as income-wise. Um, apply for your supplemental support income as soon as your child is 18. Of course, if your child has disabilities before 18, you can apply. Apply for support services. Um, at any point in your child's life, you need to sign up for the Med Waiver. That is a program that will help your child through American Persons with Disabilities. Um, I mean, the Agency for Persons with Disabilities. Make sure you obtain legal guardianship when your child turns 18. It might seem expensive to do that, but it's going to be a lot more expensive if your child gets into problems and a lot of heartache. Make sure you set up a special needs trust. Possibly you might want to set up like an ABLE account, such as Rick discussed. Prepare your long financial, long-range financial plan and make sure to transition your loved one into being independent and in a supported living community if that's what they need. And make sure you help your child build up their natural supports and parent people that they can depend on. So that's kind of my little list. That's uh, a great list. Yes. Well, it's kind of what I came up with. Rick, thank you so much. Well, actually, thank you so much for being a part of my life <laughs> Since I started listening to your radio show back when we lived in Washington, D.C., thank you for being part of our life. Thank you for being our financial planner. 
And more importantly, thank you for joining us on the show today. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you, Julie. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. And can you let the audience know where they can contact you and your website? Sure. Uh, our website is rickedelman.com. It's spelled ricedelman.com. And you can call us at 888-PLAN-RICK. Great. This is Julie Ames on AM 860, The Answer. Join us next Sunday at 1 for the Special Needs Family Hour. Thank you for listening to the Special Needs Family Hour. If you've missed any part of today's program, you can get the podcast of this and every show at SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. While there, please take advantage of the resources we've made available. And if you're so inclined, please support the advertisers that support this program. More than anything, just know that you are not alone. And we invite you to join us next Sunday at 1 for the Special Needs Family Hour, only on AM 860. The Answer. The Answer.